Good morning. Uh, I was prepared to make some kind of stupid Bengals playoffs joke, and then uh, you went and lost to Purdue, and that devastated me. So my sense of humor kind of went with that. Uh, but I'm willing to give up Archie to anybody that wants him. That's the IU coach. Uh, we are in the Live Ready series, as you can see. When Tim uh, started talking about this to me, I got excited because one of the things that I love most talking about is, besides Beatrice, is revelation and end times and things like that. Uh, it's actually the first book of the Bible that I ever read, and so it just began a lifelong love affair, so to speak, with, with reading about that. And, and people always kind of look at me like that's a little crazy because that stuff's weird and crazy and hard. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm weird and crazy, and so it kind of works out. But I titled my sermon today Swan Song uh, because apparently, and I didn't know this before, but I kind of was looking into the meaning of that, a swan, before it dies, sings probably the most beautiful song of its life. Uh, it, it, it just, you know, belts it out, and so you can tell, and, and when you hear that beautiful song, then the swan peacefully passes away. Uh, to me, that's how I see Revelation. That's how I see end times prophecy. That's how I see things like this. It's, it's absolutely, there are parts that can be scary and, and parts that be, can be confusing, but to me, it's kind of the beautiful song. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's the beautiful song of God saying, hey, there is a plan. There is absolutely a plan, and one day, even though it'll be hard for people, one day it'll be over and you'll be with me. And so that's why it's so important to live ready, and that's why I want to read from Revelation 6, uh, starting with verse 1. As I watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come. I locked up, looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow, and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. So just to begin with, you see a scroll. And a little bit in the chapter before this, it talks about this scroll that is given to Jesus. It's the, uh, he is the only one that can read it, the only one who could open it. And it's sealed seven times. Well, that is something that a lot of people have theories about. It's like, well, what is this? Is this the book of life? Is this uh, actually like the book of Revelation that he's giving to John? Is it some kind of history or destiny? We don't know. And, you know, it's on purpose that we don't know. What we do know is at the time, uh, Roman law, way back in the day, when Romans had laws, although they do in their country, I suppose, their city, uh, Roman law, uh, was a will was sealed seven times. And so this... Uh, scroll was sealed seven times, and so as Jesus unseals it one by one, things happen. And, and this is one of the parts, and this is why I chose this chapter, one of the parts that people start reading is like, whoa, 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 this is insane stuff, like what does this mean? And so I'm going to look at a little bit of this, but I'm not going to go deeply into each theory because there are so many, and you could actually spend uh, months talking about each different theory, much less the whole book, much less all of end times. And yet this, we see a, a rider on a white horse. Now we see the, the image of Jesus on a white horse coming in victory one day, and that's another part of Revelation. But this, most people uh, see this in conjunction with Daniel chapter 9 as the Antichrist. And even though that word is never mentioned in Revelation, it's one that as Christians we've heard a lot, we've used a lot. Uh, over the course of my life, I've heard people throw it as an insult pretty much to everybody they don't like, whether it's a leader or a president or somebody in your family. Like, you just kind of throw that word around sometimes. Uh, the one thing that we do know about that, the one thing that we do know for sure is 
the whole idea of the Antichrist, the whole point of the Antichrist is to be a, a fooling power on people. Uh, somebody who will fit, at least on a surface level, the, the messianic prophecies, the same ones that Jesus truthfully fulfilled so that people will be fooled, so that people will follow him. And so it's not something that, that can just be tossed around. It's not something that just, oh, I don't agree with them. I don't like them. They're, they're that. That's not what it means. And so then it comes to, well, why would Jesus allow this? Why, why would Jesus call us to be ready and then allow someone to come forward that might trick us? It, it, it's not that. It's not that he's playing a game. It's not that he's trying to trick. It's that Jesus knows, knows for a fact, knows perfectly, knows wholly that people are going to need as many chances as they can have. Uh, You see, when Jesus was on earth, back with the disciples, he was there doing miracles, literally living with them, literally talking with them, showing without a doubt that he was the Savior, that he is the Savior. And yet not even all the disciples turned to him. And definitely not everybody else around. There were people that followed, absolutely. But there were people that would see the miracles, that would see his power, that would see who he is and still turn away. Uh, and, And over the course of history, all of history, since the beginning, God set a plan in motion before even creation. And that plan went perfectly from creation to the flood, to the, the, the coming of Jesus, to the death and resurrection of Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to now and forward, to, to revelation. And it's such a perfect plan. And so it's not that God would quote-unquote quote, allow this. It's that he put this plan in motion knowing that it's what we needed. Because everything he does is for us. Everything he does is to give us this chance to be ready, to live ready, to show people what it means to live ready, to treat them like that. And that's why I see Revelation in in, in such a a loving way, such a happy way. Now, that's not to say that I'm excited to live through this stuff. But, But it's to say that this is God saying, hey, I have a plan. And things are going to happen, but if you're ready, you're okay. And not only are you okay, but you can help others be okay. So I want to go to the next verse. This is verse 3. When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the the second living being say, Come. Then another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. When the Lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, A loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. And don't waste the olive oil and wine. When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. Now, I recognize, even as I read this, even as I thought about reading this, that when we hear this, it's not the same as reading in the gospel. It's not the same as reading in Psalm or reading in the Old Testament. Uh, when we read the Bible, we're used to, to understanding what we're reading for the most part and understanding, oh, David fought Goliath. Well, David fought Goliath. And then we read this, and it's like, wait, so John is seeing a horseman, and John is is writing this down, and they're, they're going to kill the quarter of the population. The first horse is going to bring war and, and take away peace. This is where the idea of the four horsemen come from. Now, before I go into that, and I'm going to go into it just a little bit, I, I want to tell you my understanding and the understanding of John. Uh, John was given this in his spirit form. Like, he's called forward to whenever the end time happens. 
and, and Jesus is showing him everything. So imagine John, who, you know, from the early ADs, he's lived a life without electricity, he's lived a life without television, without cable, without vehicles, they have horses, they, they don't really have plumbing, they have all of these different things that are, uh, he knows in that time. And then he goes forward, and regardless of when it happens, imagine if he came to our time, and he saw the camera, he saw us speaking on a computer, he saw someone talking into a little weird box in their hand, or, or you know, texting, or whatever. He saw cars, like it would be very hard for him to describe that. It would be very hard for him to put that into words. Uh, and God breathes those words into him, but he's explaining and describing things as best he can. So that's one of the things that makes all of this so confusing. And yet, that is not one of the things that truly matters. What matters, again, is living ready. It's seeing that this is a plan. It's seeing that something is going to happen, and that it's that much more important for us to show others who we are and who we serve. Uh, like I said, this scripture uh, that I just read was where we get the idea of the four horsemen. Uh, to go to war, humanity has never really been about peace. Uh, there's always been fighting. We've had multiple world, world wars. Uh, we've had skirmishes. We've got things going on right now in history that, that just there's violence and hatred everywhere. So nobody would stand here and be like, hey, it's very peaceful right now. You know, it's not. And yet, imagine back in the days of World War II, if social media existed and if uh, the news cycle was 24-7 and so every little thing that happened came out, man, people would think that's the end of the world, as they probably did. Uh, imagine in the 60s when there was so much unrest. Imagine during the Civil War. Imagine during the Revolutionary War. Imagine during any time in history with so much fighting and so much bloodshed and so much death. If we had the same access to information, to news, to opinion as we do now. That is not to say, oh, well, you know what's going on now, don't worry about it. But it's to say that we often look at Jesus and we talk about his love, his glory, his grace, his redemption, and that's so true. It's worthy to speak of because that's who he is. But one of the things that always stands out to me is his genius. I always love how in the Gospels he speaks in parables and he speaks in stories and he's able to get these amazing points out by telling a simple story. And when you look at God's plan, you look at Revelation, you look at end times, you look at other things in the Bible that speak of prophecy. It's so genius that it could work at pretty much any time in history. Every single generation of believers has believed this is it. Now again, I'm not saying, hey, you know, don't worry about anything now. I'm saying that's the purpose. That's the purpose of this. It's not to scare us. It's not to make us worry necessarily. It's to say, hey, you have to always be ready because you don't know. Because everyone has thought, hey, this is it. And so they have to be ready. Because if he had come down and said, John, okay, this is the exact date that it's going to happen. It's going to be on July 31st, 2025. I'm not predicting anything. And this is when it's going to happen. It's going to start. How many people would wait until July 30th to start praying, to start living for Jesus, to start helping other people? Now, absolutely, some of us would do our best. Some of us would stand up and help, and we'd still go to church, and we'd still do everything we could to, to point others to Jesus. But a lot of people, a lot of people would wait until the day before. Do you know how I know that? Because I understand 
humanity somewhat because I understand myself. Now, I like to believe that I would stand up and still be who I am. But I also know I wait until April 14th to do my taxes. And so Jesus is like, hey, this plan is to show you that it's over. Like, we've won. So, so don't worry about the what. Just do what you can to show other people. And we continue in these symbols because, again, I love this stuff. And so obviously there's fighting, obviously there's war. Again, scales, the, the, the horseman carrying scales, it goes back to Joseph and the plague. Joseph and the famine, sorry, and the different things that, that he led Egypt through. Uh, famine, disease, and then it talks about a quarter of the earth's population dying. And obviously that's something we'd notice. But also, we tend to not notice things that don't affect us directly. Because people die every day. And people have always died every day, and it's a tragedy, no matter when and how it happens. Now, there are people who have looked at this specific scripture and said, well, this is when the rapture happens. Uh, if you've heard the idea of the rapture, that's something that has been argued and debated throughout every denomination throughout history, because we don't know. Uh, personally, I like to believe it'll happen before, because I don't want to live through this stuff. Maybe it will. Maybe it will happen at this point. Maybe it'll happen in the middle. Maybe it'll happen at the end when Jesus officially comes back. We don't know. But again, I'm not saying all of this to say, oh, it's okay. Don't think about this stuff. Don't talk about it. Don't pray about it. No, no, no. I'm saying Jesus knows what we need. And the entire goal of God is to love us, to show us love, to give as many people as possible a chance to go to him. Because if he didn't want everyone to have a chance at redemption, he could have ended this a long time ago. Because i got to tell you, we're not that worth it sometimes. The way we treat each other, the way we hate each other, the way we show such anger and violence, not just regular people, but sometimes Christians, it's heartbreaking, and God sees that. And yet he still sees our hearts and says, hey, you guys have this. Get it together and live ready to show other people. Show other people who I am. Show other people this plan. Show other people what it means to be ready. Because it's not about fear. It's about love. It's about hope. It's about understanding that there is a plan. That he has control. And I could read this stuff. I could talk about this stuff all day. And you can try me sometime because I love it. But the point of it is to say, hey... This could happen at any point. Everybody has believed that. So be ready. Show people how to be ready. Love people. Be actual Christians. Next verse. Uh, when the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus, who were to be martyred, had joined them. So under the altar you see people who have been martyred for the faith. And this is one of the more direct uh, verses that we see. Uh, it's people who have poured out their blood for God. Jesus said, uh, you know, live for other people. Give your life for other people. And so this is people who have literally done that. And maybe it's martyrs of the time. Maybe it's martyrs... Uh, during the revelation period, maybe it's all of the martyrs to this point in history together. Again, the point is, when God's people are persecuted, 
God eventually sets it right. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He understands what we go through. He doesn't see people suffering and say, eh. He sees people suffering and says, trust me. Because God's time is different from our own. And we're going to see that in a little bit when I use the word soon. God's time is different from our own. Because God is whole and perfect and complete and exists throughout all of eternity. And he's giving us this chance and he's showing us, hey, even though some will be martyred, even though some will die for their faith, I've got this. Next verse, verse 12. Uh, I watched as the lamb broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling from a tree shaken from a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll and all the mountains and the earth were moved from their places. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and even the slave and free person, all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? Again, when John is seeing these things, He's seeing them as a man of his time who is now in a different time. A man who has seen heaven, who has seen his Savior again, who has seen loved ones, who has seen perfection, and now is seeing death and destruction and war and things falling. And so it's, stars could actually be falling from the sky. It could be planes. It could be satellites. It could be whatever, meteorites, any other kind of ice. But again, the point is, he's seeing God's plan unfold. And it can be scary. And I'm not going to stand here and say, hey, none of this is ever scary. But it's for us. And as this passage ends, we see the hope there. Now, you're like, hey, there's a bunch of people in caves together. How is that hope? Because they finally see. Because eventually everyone bows the knee to the Lord. Everyone sees who he is. Everyone looks to him. Some will look in fear and not follow. Some will wait too long and not make a decision. Some will call him to them and they will live for him uh, throughout their lives and throughout eternity. Some still spit in his face. But again, that's why we who do see him now live ready. It's why it's so vital, so important, why I love this series starting the year so much. Because one of the things I'm fond of saying, you may be the only example of Jesus that someone sees. When you walk into somebody at Walmart and they're taking too long in line, when somebody cuts you off, when somebody disagrees with you on Facebook, how you respond, how you look at them, how you talk to them, how you talk about them may be the only example of Jesus that they see in their life. It's pretty important pretty important to be ready for that moment it's pretty important to live like him it's pretty important to to show who you serve and again hopefully there's a rapture before all of this happens but if you live ready that's not the point last scripture then i'll be done revelation 22 12 through 13 skipping way to the end this is jesus speaking look i am coming soon bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. When we read this, 
it's exciting and normal to look at that soon and be like, okay, when soon? And there have been people since the beginning of Scripture debating what soon means and, and explaining and talking about it and saying, well, this is what it means to him and this is what it means in this day. The when of what he says there, not important. Not to our salvation. Even the how is not important to our salvation. It's the fact that he comes back that is vital to our lives. It's the fact that it happened. That certainty is what we live for. That certainty is what we hope for. That certainty is why we have this faith. Why we must show this faith. Why we must live out this faith. When he says, look, I am coming soon. He's not saying that to set off a guessing game. He's saying that because he loves us. He loves us so deeply that he poured out his life for us. Not just on the cross, but before the cross, every single day. He listens to our prayers, he hears us, he loves us, he accepts us. Some understand that easily. Some come to Christ as children. Uh, some a little later, but they kind of get it as soon as they hear it. And they're like, wow, I get it, and I, I go with it, and then they live. For some, it takes a while. It's like anything else. It's like math. Not as important, or not more important than math, obviously. Ooh, it's a big mistake. But some people get it, and some people don't. Now, there's a huge difference in what happens if you don't get it, but that's why it's so important for us to show people when we get it what it looks like. Not to show people hatred and anger. Not to care more about politics than saving people. Helping people know that they can be saved. Not to follow people on earth more than Jesus, but to love him and show that love every single day because God wants as many people as possible to get it. He knows that not everybody will say yes. He already knows that. He knows everything. But so many more will see him if we live for him. So for us here, no matter when this happens, no matter how it happens, just live ready. Live with your eyes up. Live with your heart up. Live with your heart full. Help other people. Love other people. Show Jesus to other people. Be an example of him so that others can see him. So that others can see the need, the desire, the hope of living ready. That's what this series is about. That's what our lives should be about. The last year was difficult. This year is starting out maybe worse. I understand how people lose hope. I understand how people look to other places, other people for hope. This is where it is. God's plan is perfect. He is perfect and his love is perfect. And he wants us to live through all of the things that we live through. And to be ready to show others at a moment's notice who he is. That's why we are Christians. That's how we are Christians. So be Christians. That's all I got.